You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Anthony Cazenza here from CincyJungle.com, and this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast coming at you with a mini episode, kind of to coattail off of last night's postgame show a bit. When we concluded the postgame show, we were not quite sure who the Bengals would be facing in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56, but the opponent has been set. It is the Los Angeles Rams was very close to being the San Francisco 49ers as this year's playoff bracket has been nothing short of incredible in terms of the types of games. There were a couple of blowouts on wild card weekend, but for the most part, the games have included incredible comebacks. The games have included incredible performances by quarterbacks, great performances by wide receivers, some dominant defensive players putting out some great individual efforts. and. Hey, here we are. Uh, last two teams standing, the Bengals and the Rams. Kudos to all of the playoff teams because they fought their butts off in that bracket for sure. And really the Steelers, not a lot of people thought they would be there. And the fact that they made it there with an aging roster and a little bit of talent deficient roster, you got to give a tip of the cap to them and all of the playoff teams at this point because it's been a battle. It has been a battle. To recap, the Cincinnati Bengals, Beat the Raiders in the wild card round. That game came down to the wire. The Bengals had a, a, a you know a touchdown lead on that. Raiders drove down to potentially tie it, and Jermaine Pratt intercepted that ball to end the Raiders' season and advance the Bengals. They went into Tennessee, the number one seed in the AFC, took it down to the wire, kicked a last-second field goal to then advance to the AFC Championship, where they yet again went on the road, faced the juggernaut. Kansas City Chiefs were down by a conference record 18 points in that game at one point, battled all the way back to kick a field goal in overtime and beat the Chiefs to advance to the Super Bowl. That is where the Bengals are at this point. Now, I want to talk just real quick, and we're going to talk more about this on Wednesday with my co-host, John Sheeran. We're going to talk more about this, I'm sure, over the next couple of weeks. We're going to bring you all kinds of content throughout these next couple of weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. We're going to have special guests, special episodes, all kinds of stuff. We're lining it up. We may even get ourselves down to SoFi during Media Week. We've—I uh, think I mentioned this on the post-game show—we have applied for media credentials and are working out the logistics on all of that. So hopefully that'll be a cool little thing for us. We'll see what happens there. But at any rate, we're planning to bring you all a lot of coverage. By the way, uh, we get a lot of questions about, "Hey, who does your music?" and all kinds of stuff. We got—we had music from 
our friend Jason Von Stein, uh, whose, whose stuff is on iTunes, I believe, one tune that we've used in the past, Mr. Misery. Um, I've talked about Ian Ryder's band, a Bengals fan, local musician, and his band, The Holy Coast. They've been doing our uh, happening headlines, um, and his band's material can be found on Bandcamp, so you can go support them. And, of course, the title track to this one is from Bleed the Sky, a, a hard rock band that has toured the U.S. quite often, has a pretty good following is a friend of mine uh, that that is in that band. And so they are on Spotify and every other major platform to my knowledge. So if you like those tunes, definitely go support those bands, some local musicians, some some other musicians and whatnot. Uh, and of course, a couple of them being Bengals fans. So want to support all the folks how we can. At any rate, look, I think a lot of folks for a number of reasons wanted the 49ers if you're the Bengals uh, if you're a Bengals fan, I think number one, you felt like the Bengals almost beat them a couple of months ago. Number two, you felt like Joe Burrow versus Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be a matchup you would prefer over J Joe Burrow versus Matthew Stafford. We're going to talk more about that in a second. And of course, the in, in a year where the Bengals have eliminated so many demons, slayed so many you know past ghosts, if you will, and and all of these stigmas. First road playoff win, first playoff win in 31 years. Now they're in the Super Bowl for the first time since the 88 season. And, and, you know, all of that stuff. And so you kind of felt like, hey, give us a crack at the Niners one more time. And let's 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 beat them since they got us twice in the Super Bowl. Well, that didn't happen. And there, you know, ironically, there are a couple of in that storyline with the Niners and the Bengals. You would have said, you know, hey, this goes back to Sam Weish and Bill Walsh. This goes back to Paul Brown, Mike Brown, and their relationship with Bill Walsh. You know, is all the comparisons, is Joe Burrow the next Joe Montana type of player, that sort of thing? Uh, all of that. All of that. But there's kind of some similar and very, very interesting talking points that I don't think a ton of people are talking about quite yet. It'll probably rev up in the next couple of days and maybe the weeks leading up here. But one of the one of the talking points here is, of course, the fact that Zach Taylor was a, an assistant coach under Sean McVay. And that's a that's a picture, I believe, from a couple of years ago in London when the two teams faced off and, and the Rams really took it to the Bengals. Talent deficient team at that point were the Bengals. But this is this is really a you know, a game that has a lot of implications there. Now, Zach Taylor doesn't run the exact same offense as McVeigh, but there are a lot of similar concepts. Obviously, the offensive mind, the energy, the doing things the right way, quote unquote, finding the right guys, finding intelligent football players, um, and doing, you know, kind of going all in, spending a bit more money. The Rams have definitely done that a bit more in terms of splashy trades, free agency, whatnot than the Bengals, but the Bengals have done things that are nothing to sneeze at in terms of the past couple of off seasons, defensive acquisitions through free agency primarily. And of course, some high, high profile names in the draft, namely in that 2020 class. But uh, you know, they, they've just added sizzle, both of these guys to their rosters and they have be it their energy, their, their offensive prowess in their minds and, and the way they've constructed their, their roster and locker room they have the teams and their players rallying around them. So it's a very similar philosophy. There's similarities there. There are differences. Obviously, some people were skeptical 
at Zach Taylor and his lack of experience stepping into this role, kind of saying, hey, is he just riding the coattails of one of the wonderkins in the NFL right now? And he just got this job. Well, all of a sudden, here they are, third year into his coaching tenure with the Bengals, and they're in the Super Bowl. And he, like the Walsh Weish thing, like the Walsh Bengals connection, there is a little bit of mentor, mentee, pupil, teacher type of storyline there. So that is, uh, you know, something that you can kind of correlate, even though there's not necessarily the history between the Bengals and the Rams, as there is with the Bengals and the 49ers. Um, you know, there's kind of some interesting cor- correlations there between the storylines. And obviously, these two guys have a lot of respect for each other. And now a lot of folks had a lot of respect for Sean McVay as a head coach around the league. And now all of a sudden, that respect is also being heaped over to Zach Taylor and what he has done in a very short period of time with the Bengals. So that's one storyline to check out and keep an eye on throughout these next couple of weeks with the Bengals and the Rams for sure. A lot of people probably knew that though. Uh, Some may not have, if you're a casual fan, some may have forgotten. So want to make a reminder there. And then of course, there's this guy right here, a guy who meant a ton to the city of Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals, and was a major, major part of many of Marvin Lewis's best teams with the Cincinnati Bengals. And that is Andrew Whitworth, who is still doing his thing with the age number, starting with the number four. He's, he's officially in his forties and the guy just still plays well. Now it's starting. He's kind of had a couple of injuries here and there this year. There's been uh, you know, I mean, there, I, I don't even want to call it a drop in play, but there are some different things here that, uh, to, to monitor with him, but, uh, you know, he missed uh, one of, he missed earlier playoff games and whatnot with, with the Rams, but, um, a great, great guy, a great, great player. And another one of those guys that kind of got a little bit of his rightful attention with the Bengals, but it is really ratcheted up a notch in terms of getting all of the praise. And, and we might see this guy in the hall of fame at some point. Uh, and that seems weird to say because he left the Bengals a- as a very good player um, and a guy you kind of said, well, he just didn't have the amount of Pro Bowls or all pros that you like to see. But that it kind of like with a Justin Smith type situation, right? He leaves. It's a little more attention on a team that has had a little more success. And all of a sudden, he's a guy that uh, that that is looking at a, a possible Canton nomination down the road a very good player a very good guy and obviously bittersweet I would think I think more sweet than bitter because he is in the Super Bowl yet again is Andrew Whitworth Um, but bittersweet because I'm sure he would have liked to have if he had two Super Bowl appearances I'm sure he would have liked to have had one with each team if you asked him that he probably he might not tell you that right now but maybe down the road he would he would maybe say that or at least have another one with the Cincinnati Bengals. He loved his time here. And unfortunately it just didn't work out when the next contract came around. The Bengals invested in Cedric Abwehi and Jake Fisher in that uh, 2015 draft class. And that just blew up in their face. And so, you know, uh, Whitworth went on and it ended up having a, a great second chapter of his career with the Los Angeles Rams. So definitely a storyline to watch there. And you all, you almost wonder what some of these players and I, God love Andy Dalton, love the guy, really liked the quarterback. He spearheaded a lot of success um, with with this team, and not just. I mean, same thing with Marvin Lewis, right? Um, just couldn't get him over the hump. Neither one of those guys, but 
they did a lot of positive things for the Cincinnati Bengals, got them to relevancy, got them to respectability, obviously, in, in varying levels and varying times. But, you know, you just wonder what some of these players look look at, like a Whitworth and A.J. Green, et cetera, and you go, wow, this team is, and some of my old teammates are playing in the Super Bowl right now. And we had five chances in the postseason, you know, if you're talking about Carlos Dunlap, A.J. Green, Andy Dalton, any of those guys. And you say, wow, what, you know, what could have been, what could have been if we made a change earlier, whether that's, you know, regardless, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals don't really, the current team doesn't really worry about that. They are there. And quite honestly, this seems like it's going to be kind of a regular thing. Maybe not the Super Bowl every single year, but with Joe Burrow at the helm and some of these young, exciting players in, in tow, with, with their contracts cemented for the next couple of years, you're talking Chase, Joe Mixon, obviously Joe Burrow, I mentioned him, uh, Boyd, Hicks, et cetera. This is a team that's going to potentially be there often, be in the mix often. And a, a game like we witnessed yesterday between the Chiefs and the Bengals is probably something that's going to be a somewhat regular occurrence in the postseason. Mahomes versus Burrow. That's probably going to be a regular occurrence. I'm seeing a lot of questions here. Um, I don't know if Antonio Dudley saying, I'm no Andy couldn't do any of what Burrow has done. Yeah. That's not what I was. That's not the comparison I was making Antonio, but my point is, is that, you know, you look at some of these players, they would have said, you know, if there was a quarterback change, if there's a coaching change, either one, both, et cetera, maybe one of those five playoff games would have gone differently. And maybe that's going through the head of a guy like Whitworth. And that's kind of what, what we're seeing here now, couple, that's a couple of the storylines. And I think a lot of people were aware of that. Now, what do the Bengals face here going forward against the Rams? This is just a snapshot graphic, a snapshot piece of information that I'm going to share here. This is from Pro Football Reference. And this is the 2021 Pro Football Reference is like, a site I totally geek out on here. Uh, 2021 Los Angeles Rams statistics and their players, et cetera, all that kind of stuff. I want to show you kind of what, what some of the major players in this have done this year, because it is quite astounding. You look at Matthew Stafford, his impact on this team cannot be stated enough. Went 12 and five in the regular season, threw the ball 601 times, Still got close to 70% completion percentage, 67.2, almost 5,000 yards passing, 48.86 to be exact, 41 touchdown passes Oof. against, he did throw a, a tiny bit of a high amount of interceptions, 17, 41 touchdowns, 17 interceptions there, um, but explosive passing offense, no doubt about it. And that is with a myriad of injuries that he has had to, and the rest of the team has had to overcome. You see here, Sony Michelle, Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers. Akers was poised to be the starting back and a guy. I mean, he was going to split time, but he was a guy that was supposedly on track for a breakout year, gets injured, misses basically the entire regular season. They bring him back for the postseason. He had a couple of nice runs, did have a couple of fumbles against the Buccaneers that kind of spearheaded that come back. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on with acres, you know, uh, just kind of a little bit of rust and all that kind of stuff. Is that going to come back? Robert Woods goes down for the year and what do the Rams do? Well, they knew they were sniffing a super bowl and they go get this guy down here, Odell Beckham jr. 
who played eight games for him and was disgruntled in Cleveland. Sony Michelle ended up taking the bulk of the carries, though. They grabbed him after the Acres injury and after uh, Daryl Henderson got injured as well. Um, you know, 149 carries, 688. But you look, I mean, that each back, each of the major backs getting over four yards a carry, combining for nine touchdowns on the ground. So, um, you know, they, they're able to run the ball. They're able to throw the ball. And they've got a lot of weapons. Man, Jefferson was a nice contributor. Um, you see here he had 50 catches. If you go scroll over here, 50 catches, 802 for six touchdowns. Look at Cooper Cup season. 145 catches for almost 2,000 yards, receiving 1947 and 16 touchdowns. I hear now, I think he's at, uh, I want to say about 190 catches, 180 catches, something like that, including postseason play, which is just staggering numbers. Staggering numbers. Robert Woods having a respectable season through nine games before he got hurt. 45 catches, 556 for four touchdowns. And you go down here to Beckham, who's been a nice pickup for them. 27 catches, 305 yards, did get five touchdowns uh, to end the season for him. So a lot of sizzle on offense. We know that. A lot of sizzle on offense. So the Bengals secondary, thankfully they have, I mean, they've had some moments where they have not played well in this postseason. You can look at the final drive of the Las Vegas Raiders game. You can look at, um, you know, the first half pretty much of the Chiefs game. They did not play well at, at those points in time, but they seem to either turn it around or play well when the team needs it. The offense was not doing a ton of things against, I mean, Burrow was making some nice throws, but they weren't getting in the end zone and the defense came up nicely against Tennessee creating three interceptions of Ryan Tannehill. So they're going to need to make Matt Stafford uncomfortable. They're going to need to disallow Cooper Cup to take this game over for sure. He is a weapon, and that is to say the least. And you look at the defense here. We'll go down here. This is kind of one of the other scary matchups, particularly along the defensive line as the Bengals against the Bengals offensive line. You see here a lot of big names. Leonard Floyd, he had nine and a half sacks on the year. Aaron Donald, absolute force, uh, 12 and a half sacks on the year, right? I mean, you look here, Troy Reader's turning into a you know a decent little player for him. Jalen Ramsey making a making a Pro Bowl and, and all pro here. Four picks. Taylor Rapp, a safety, four picks. So uh Ashawn Robinson, a guy that um played, started 14 games. He's a guy, a big, big nose tackle there. Um, two, two sacks there, big, big dude. Um, I believe he was in, he went to Alabama if I memory serves there, but a lot of Kenny young, um, uh, you know, a lot of decent names. Look at all the quarterback sacks here though. I mean, you see a lot of guys getting to the quarterback, right? Uh, that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem here for the Bengals as they look to match up against the Rams and what they're, what they're trying to do. So look, there's a lot of arguments. There's a lot of points, counterpoints for each team, right? You go, well, the Bengals have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Yeah, we've got Cooper Cup, OBJ, and others, right? Uh, well, the Bengals have Joe Mixon. Well, we've got a, a crew of running backs that have been in and out of the lineup that have proven they can they can run the football. Well, the Bengals were able to weather, uh, you know, a lot of sacks, nine sacks against Tennessee and whatnot, and they stepped up against a good Kansas City pass rush and allowed only one sack. Now Burrow escaped a couple of those there. So you say, hey, this offensive line isn't as bad as you want to make it out to be in that AFC divisional round against Tennessee. 
Yeah, well, they're still Aaron Donald. They're still Leonard Floyd. There's still a lot of guys they, that can get to the quarterback. So the Bengals, there's a lot of back and forth. And I actually think that that's what makes this quite possibly one of the most fun. I mean, I, I, it sounds very cliche to say for a Super Bowl, but I think it makes this kind of one of the most fun matchups that you could possibly get out of this postseason. It may not bring the sizzle of a Patrick Mahomes. It may not bring the sizzle of, you know, for casual NFL fans that are not fans of one of these two teams, it may not bring the, the, the big name of, you know, Tom Brady being in it, or, you know, the, the mega fans of new England and seeing Mac Jones rise, you know, it may may not bring some of those people in, but when you see, if you really watched what Joe Burrow did this year, if you saw those stats, not a lot of people are talking about Matthew Stafford in the same way that they are talking about Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, et cetera. But Stafford's in, should be in that conversation for an MVP race as well. Uh, you know, I, I think that what I mentioned about the coaches knowing each other pretty intimately, knowing what they like to do, the cool connection of Andrew Whitworth between these two franchises, and of course, the offensive explosion from both of these teams, the playmakers on both of these teams, and some of the quiet stars on defense. Now, You've also, one guy I failed to mention was the pickup of Vaughn Miller uh, by the Rams midway through through the season as well. He's obviously a guy to be to be reckoned with as well. Uh, but the Bengals have guys that can get after the quarterback too. Trey Hendrickson set the franchise record with quarterback sacks in the season. DJ Reader, a, a nose tackle, quietly can get to the quarterback more often than you, you think. Yes, the Bengals lost Larry Ogunjobi, but BJ Hill on the interior continues to be a force. And don't forget Sam Hubbard. And Sam Hubbard has done something. We'll talk about this. When they put him in that little spy role, a linebacker-ish role in some of these in some of these games, he had a sack against Derek Carr and he had a sack against Patrick Mahomes that caused a fumble and almost ended the game right at the end against the Chiefs there. Those are the, the that's a guy you got to keep an eye on as well. So, um there are a, a lot of interesting matchups, a lot of interesting storylines to this one. And I kind of wanted to use this opportunity. We're only about 20 or so minutes in here. Want to do a quick mini episode to kind of talk specifically about the Bengals opponent in the Super Bowl because we were saying, well, it's going to last night. We didn't know. Um, so at least when we took the air, we didn't know. So those are things to think about before Super Bowl 56 is upon us and before the Bengals take on the Rams at their home stadium in LA. So that's probably going to do it for today. Um, there's so much more where, where we could get to in terms of analysis and, analysis and whatnot, and we will. John Sheeran and myself this week on Wednesday night, we'll do that tomorrow. I'll be back with Happening Headlines where we talk about all the headlines and storylines surrounding the Cincinnati Bengals, the AFC North, the rest of the NFL, all kinds of sights and sounds from the Super Bowl matchup. So we'll do that. We'll do listener questions live. We'll do interviews with a lot of different people. And we'll let you know as that comes about. But we're excited over the next couple of weeks, not only for the Cincinnati Bengals, but we're excited for the show and what, what we may be bringing you in terms of content, access, et cetera. And of course, excited for all of you. I know some of you are newer Bengal fans. Some of you are very long time Bengal fans. 
And this, regardless of how long you've been a fan, this has been a long time coming for the Cincinnati Bengals to even get to the Super Bowl. Let's see if they can close the deal and beat, beat the Rams. Be a tough matchup. And yeah, Brandon Hudayer says, really fun to talk about the Bengals in the Super Bowl in the next two weeks. It is fun. This is the time of year, I've said it a few times on here, where we talk prospect profiles in the draft. And oh boy, there's so many needs across the board for the Bengals. What do they need? Well, they're picking either 31st or 32nd. So uh, got we're, we're not focusing on that right now. We're not focusing on that stuff right now. We are focusing on all kinds of different stuff as the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Happy Monday. Hopefully you all are still celebrating yet, maybe recovering from a good time last night and keep it to our channel. Uh, we've got a lot of different stuff coming. By the way, I also want to give a shout out to uh, Ace and Zim, Orange is the New Black. They are part of our Cincy Jungle podcast channel. You also got to listen to Matt Minnick and his Chalk Talk episodes for sure. Uh, he does a great job for us on the channel. So, um, you know, you got to make sure that you go get those two shows as well. And of course, where can you get it? Well, you can get it a number of different ways. Um, you can, of course, some of you may be watching us on Cincy Jungle's Facebook page, but you can get it on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, all that stuff. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. I mentioned iTunes there. Um, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, give us a thumbs up and hit the bell to be notified when we go live. We're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on iHeartRadio, all of the major ones. Our show, The Orange and Black Insider, Matt Minix, Coach Speak and Chalk Talk, as well as Ace and Zim's Orange is the New Black. You gotta go check it out. Gotta, gotta load up on content for Super Bowl week, ladies and gents. Gotta go do it. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow for Happening Headlines. We'll see you Wednesday for our big-time analysis show and all kinds of different stuff coming at you over the next couple of weeks. Excited to bring it to you. Take care. Happy Monday. We'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.